This is the Throne Room Thoughts Podcast, where we are meeting every week to discuss living from a position of power, living with boldness, living with confidence. This is the practical podcast where we are walking out God's principles and promises to see the best manifested for our lives. You are the CEO of your life. You have the God-given power and authority to live a purpose-driven, successful life. Hello, Facebook. We are live for our finale episode of the Throne Room Thoughts podcast. We are live, live, live. We are here for another Kingdom Conversation. Mm-hmm. It is myself and... Auntie hello, Nicole. Honey Bun. How are you? Hi. It is myself and my girlfriend, Andrea. And we are here to talk about the very important topic of mental health. So we're going to give you guys a chance to come on in and join us. We want to get as many people in on this discussion as possible. For those of you who've been following Throne Room Thoughts for the first and second season, you know that when we um, go live on the podcast, it is because we have a very special guest and it is because we are ready to get into some very serious conversation, honey. Mm-hmm. So. We are having a conversation today about mental health and all things related. Of course, it's only right because throne room thoughts is all about having the mind of God, having the the mind of Christ as it relates to ourselves and our whole being and our whole lives. So um, I would be remiss if we didn't have a conversation about um, mental health specifically and how it relates to um, everything that has to do with you. So come on in and join us and share the video, of course. Share, 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 sharing is caring. So as you come on in, share the video. Did you share already? I absolutely did on both pages. Ow. <laughs> yes. Um, Andrea. Yes. Introduce yourself, honey. All right, guys. Well, hi, everyone. Some of you guys know me as Andrea, but I go under the blog name Andy Nicole and Wasley. Yeah. And I advocate for mental health in our community because it's very necessary. I'm also an artist and I create things. Actually, I know um, Tanisha's husband. Yes, her, she does. Because we work very well together and we create like a lot of beautiful art. So, yes. um, but right now I have a website dedicated to my blog and dedicated to the changes that focusing on my mental health has caused in my life, which has been totally positive. And I just want to spread that word to everyone. Yes. So that is what we are talking about today. Yep. It is very exciting. I feel like this is a well-needed conversation also. And I think the more we have conversations surrounding mental health, the more we can push the dialogue out into the mm-hmm. forefront and out of this taboo space that Absolutely. mental health has been in for um, for so long. Um, I worked, my last um, job for three years was at a mental health housing, um, supportive housing um, organization. And so what we did was we found... Um, supportive housing and appropriate um, living arrangements for clients that were suffering from mental illness, um, access one and access two diagnosis. Now the DSM changed, so they don't use those yeah, they, they don't. Use, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So now now it's categorized differently. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So the clientele that I service were were individuals who, you know, all throughout New York City who were suffering from mental illness. Mm-hmm. And so our responsibility was to get them housed, um, get them stable and provide them with the um, the case management services, the intensive case management services that they needed. And so I do have that experience as far as serving the mental health population. And it was very interesting. Hmm. And Very I want to I want to say thank you for the service that you did for that population. Aww. Very well needed. My pleasure. I love social work, man. I love yeah. social work. It's people always joke that it's not the profession you get into when you want to be like rich. Um, <laughs> there's certainly money to be made as yeah. you advance your career and you get different degrees and different um, licenses and mm-hmm. certifications. But it it's definitely um, you never feel like you're getting paid worth how hard you're working because mm-hmm. when you're when you're serving people that are at risk and that are at need um it, it's it's always it always goes beyond the money it has to yeah well i guess i should add that i'm in graduate school for school and mental health counseling very nice so yeah yes you should add that. <laughs> yes you should 2020 yeah <laughs> yeah 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 that's pretty cool yeah. And what school are you at? Alfred University, but through the site program downtown. Mm. Mm-hmm. Downtown Very Brooklyn. Nice. Very nice. And so you're graduating what next year? 2020. Very nice. How exciting. I'm and what, what are you getting? A, a master's? 
Yes. Oh, oh you fancy. Well, you know. I feel like you went right to school right after you got your bachelor's. Did yeah, you go straight? I sure did, yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. God bless yeah. you, girl. Well, you know, I knew what I wanted. Yeah. So, yeah. you have to know what you want. You got to know what you want and you got to oh, go Oh, you have it. to know what you want. That's a part of the whole, like, mental wellness. Like, it really is. You know, you have to be clear-headed. Yeah, you do have to. The Bible says you got to be sober-minded. Mm-hmm. Sober-minded. It's funny how much of our everyday lingo is tied up in scripture and tied up in biblical principles because scripture tells us that um, a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. And so when you don't have your mind right, when you're not centered and focused in your thinking, then it's going to be challenging to be stable right. in anything else that you do. Everything else is going to be on shaky ground. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. And you know what's interesting? A lot of people, like we don't have, there's certain like mental health initiatives that we should have in school. So a lot of people don't know how to make a decision. They don't know anything about emotional intelligence. Mm. So if you don't know how to make a decision or if you can't regulate your emotions or understand or process them then you're not going to make the right choices in life yes i agree hi karini that's my aunt from poughkeepsie welcome honey bun share the video share 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 we are talking about mental health and everything related to um the topic of mental health today on the throne room thoughts podcast and so let's roll right into our first segment which is um the segment called preaching potential what is preaching potential for those of you who want to know that's a good question preaching potential is a quote that is profound that has life principles that we could actually apply and expound on i love me a nice witty saying that actually means something significant and so andrea because she's my special guest is going to share her preaching potential quote of the day all right so the preaching potential quote of the day is something i shared the other day on facebook and it's a month from now you can either have a month of progress or a month of excuses why you didn't well 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 and Andrea why do you think that that has so much significance you know there's a lot of times in my life when I look back over maybe a month or the summer and I'm like what did I achieve what did I accomplish and why didn't I and I just don't want to go I don't want to move into the future not accomplishing something that makes my tomorrows better the work I put in within this month can serve me a year from now or like throughout the year so work hard yeah. Work hard, work smart. Yeah. I love that. I love that. A lot of times, um, you know, again, I, like, listen, I, I, scripture literally applies to everything ever in life. Mm-hmm. And the Bible tells, you know, tells us to teach us how to um, redeem the time, teach us how to number our days. And it's exactly like what you said in your quote. It's like, um, if we're not numbering our days adequately, if we don't realize how fleeting time is, mm-hmm. how how time flies and how quickly things change, then, yeah, a year, you know, a month later, two months later, six months later, we find ourselves having all of these aspirations and nothing to show for it. All of these dreams and goals and nothing to show right. for it. So, yes, I really, really do love that um, that quote. We absolutely can either have excuses or we can have substance to, right. to show for what we've done. Right. And a lot of yes. us have excuses. <laughs> oh wait was that shade i'm sorry no 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 you took it wrong you took it wrong that is bad shady <laughs> a lot of us have excuses no we do we <sighs> there's so many dreams out there not being fulfilled yeah because you know people it's hard to learn how to plan yeah and to schedule and to figure out the directions you want to go and to make the right decision absolutely so absolutely yeah it's not easy but it does take a lot of deliberate effort one second guys Okay. Should I share facts about mental health? Sure. Sure. I could just get that out of the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So just to share um, some facts about mental health, especially in our community, I'm I'm talking about like um, the black community. Uh, Okay. So African American adults are 20% more likely to experience mental health issues than the rest of the population. 25% of African Americans seek treatment for mental health issue compared to 40% of white individuals. The reasons for this drop off includes misdiagnosis by doctors, socioeconomic factors, and a lack of African-American mental health professionals. Um, Sorry. Adult black African-Americans living below poverty are three times more likely to report severe psychological distress than those living above poverty. 
black African-Americans are black slash African-Americans are less likely than white people to die from suicide as teenagers. Black teenagers are more likely to attempt suicide than are white teenagers. Hmm. Even though right now we're having an epidemic of our children suffering greatly from suicide. Only 6.2% of psychologists, 5.6% of advanced practice psychologists, nurses, 12.6% of social workers, and 21.3% of psychiatrists are members of minority groups, according to the National Association on Mental Illnesses. Only 3.7% of members in the American Psychiatric Association and 1.5% of members in the American Psychological Association are black. And African Americans of all ages are more likely to witness or be victims of serious violent crimes. Exposure to violence increases the risk of developing a mental health condition such as post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and anxiety. African American children are more likely than other children to be exposed to violence, which can have a profound long-term effect on their mental health. And some African Americans even see mental illness as a punishment from God. Up to 85% of African Americans describe themselves as fairly religious or religious, and they commonly use prayer as a way to handle stress, according to one study, study cited by the American Psychiatric Association. And you can find all of this on the um, centerfordiscovery.com. So, Very nice. Did you hear everything I said? No. <laughs> I didn't hear anything you said. Okay. Well, I, I, um, my advocacy uh, focuses on our community because of the um, large um, numbers Disparity. of misdiagnosed, misdiagnosis. Yes. And Can we talk? Uh, hi, guys. I'm back. I had to tend to Layla. I'm so glad that my husband, who just joined, I see. <laughs> I'm so glad that he is such a creative editing genius so that he, he'll be able to, like, create that, edit this all out and make it sound really, really perfect on the podcast. Um but, you know, you guys are live in a living color, so you're getting the real deal, child. <laughs> I had to go. Listen, I had to go and tend to Layla. She plays no games. When she starts to scream in, forget about it. So, um, Andrea, can yes. we actually talk about um, mental health in the, um, specifically in the um, communities of color? Right. What, in your Ooh. experience, have you seen in terms of any disparities or, like you said, any issues with misdiagnosis and things of that nature? Well, first of all, let's look at the term mental health. When you look at mental health outside of uh, America, the United States, when you go to Jamaica, the Caribbean, yeah. they don't have a word for mental health. They're yeah. quite mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's true. In Africa, witch. Yeah. You know, witchcraft yeah. or there's no term or um, Palestine. Mm-hmm. There's no term for mental health, yeah. number one. Um, and it's interesting because I went to a, a mental health dialogue for uh, women of color mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and I was looking forward to seeing a representation of myself because mm. I went through the process of being misdiagnosed and all that stuff. And um, I noticed that there were women of color there. There were women from Africa, Palestine, um, not China or anything like that, but um, India and an American woman. Uh, she was white. And so it was interesting because I heard, like, it never occurred to me that in other countries there was no word for mental health or yeah. mental illness. Yeah, but, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Right. But um, but for us, um, as I was listening to the dialogue and the American spoke and she spoke about, you know, what affects mental illness and she said poverty, economic um, status, uh, you know, just different things. But what she didn't say was race. Mm. And that was because, and I couldn't be mad because I c- cannot expect her to represent me. Mm. But I did notice that we did not have... Um, uh, representation of black people or the yeah. black community there. Yeah. So when we say people of color, we sometimes get lost in the mix because even though in Africa they don't have a word for mental health or mental illness mm-hmm. and they have to work on that, in our community we are there's a, a large number of misdiagnoses. There's yeah. not enough adequate care mm-hmm. and our suicide rate on the children level are rising. Yeah. And it's because we don't have the information or the knowledge on how to take care of ourselves mentally. Right. And right. we need that. Yeah. Yeah. We absolutely do need that. In, in my experience through working with the mental, um, the mental health population, um, I found it to be challenging because there 
oftentimes with such a lack of support. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it sometimes there's a breakdown and a disconnect with your loved ones and, and maybe with your significant other because people just don't understand it. And so they don't know how to um, how to work with it and how to deal with it because there's so much um, misunderstanding where it's concerned, you know, and heaven forbid the person the person themselves doesn't understand it right. because then you don't realize, okay, should I be taking my medication? Should I not? Do I really need this? Do I not? Like for some people, they don't make the connection that they wouldn't be well if they weren't on medication because they don't realize they're sick. It's your mm -hmm. brain. Yeah. And your brain is telling you, you are okay. Yeah. So you don't want to take them because you have also the side effects of the medication. Yes. Are yes. Are, are scary. Yeah. You gain weight, you lose your sexual libido. Oh, um, wait a minute now. Oh, yeah. You can't be losing the libido. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, and sometimes, you know, like, for example, I was misdiagnosed. And mm. it's in my blog. And mm -hmm. we talk about it in the medication that if I had taken it, yeah. would have not caused me to be the cheerful, happy person that I am right now. Yeah. You know, you some a, per, a part of your personality gets taken away sometimes. Yeah. And it's and because that's that's that tough. is tough. And it's because this is we're talking about your brain. Yeah. You know, and like but, something that's potentially re trying to like force rewire it. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like take something away or yeah. add something to it that wow. changes your whole personality. Yeah. And we have to understand, like, what are black folks being just misdiagnosed with? Usually schizophrenia, mm -hmm. usually bipolar, um, bipolar mm -hmm. disorder. The children ADHD. usually ADHD. And. It, it's because the multicultural aspect of, first of all, mental health in this country is very westernized. Mm. So they don't understand our culture. They don't understand our spirituality. If you go in and you say, yeah, I speak in tongues and I listen for God and God talks to me. And, <laughs> you know, I saw my loved one yeah. who passed away. Yeah. You know how yeah. we are sometimes. They, they might label you schizophrenic. Yeah. So they don't really understand. Absolutely. You know, we, we have to be very careful. And that's why we need representation in that field. Because we understand our culture and our mm -hmm. spirituality and yes. our religion. Yeah. And we could kind of like hold off before diagnosing someone mm -hmm. with something. Mm -hmm. You know what I learned too? It's interesting that you mentioned the holding off before making the diagnosis. Because what I learned when I was going to school for social work and getting my master's in social work. Um, one of the things that my human behavior teacher would stress is that a lot of times mental illness is not a fixed label, right? So mm -hmm. we like, in, in our culture, we love to label things yeah. and we love to put these fixed identities on things and be able to categorize things. Um, and sometimes maybe you are suffering from depression, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a diagnosis you have to um, wear forever. Right. It might just be situational. Right. It might just be episodic. It doesn't have to necessarily mean that this is an issue you're contending with every day of your life forever. Right. Could you speak to speak to that? Speak to the fact that maybe you do want to hold off and see how things are playing out or see how um how a different a, a different um situation may bring about a different result? Absolutely. I was misdiagnosed because I just came from a traumatic experience and I shared <laughs> yeah. that. And, yeah. and, oh, gosh. and so they were like, this is what you are. And it's yeah. like, no, that is where I was. Right. And that was that situation. That was that situation that affected me. Like yes. That, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And we all go through it, guys. Like there Absolutely. will be a time in your life where you are not well. Yeah. It's normal. If your body can get sick, then your mind can get sick. Yes. But if your body can heal, so can your mind. Yes. And yes. of course, there are those extreme cases where people have schizophrenic they're truly schizophrenic mm -hmm. or, or they're truly bipolar yeah. and they have to be medicated and that's but they can get better mm -hmm. if they stick with their medication and take care of themselves in an appropriate way yeah. you can't eat anything yeah. whatever hurts your body physically will also hurt your mind Oh. That sugar that caused inflammation in your body will cause inflammation in your mind. Oh. Those green things you need to eat for your body also feeds and yeah. your mind. Helps it clears your, your mind, right? Wow, wow, So wow. Um, it's about living well. Mm -hmm. And really what we should focus on is preventative measures, how to prevent mental illness, yeah. you know? Yeah. So one way is trauma. Mm -hmm. Trauma causes, unprocessed trauma causes bipolar disorder yeah you know so yeah. how do you process it it's important to, to, to go to therapy it's important yeah. to have and it would be beautiful if we have a cultural therapy like the way we share is community so maybe like a group ther mm -hmm. therapy where we could sit mm -hmm. and process grief yeah or loss or losing a job or family counseling these are all important very important very important and the thing about it is too sometimes where trauma is concerned sometimes things happen to you when you are too young to mm -hmm. be able to process that you're too young to fully understand you know when you're talking about sexual abuse for example um that happens to you when 
you're a child, you don't know how to process that. Right. You don't know what that even means. Um, and so when that follows you and you carry the weight of that, then, yeah, it becomes um, a trauma that that's like just weighing you down right. all the time. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not something that's easy to to overcome. So definitely learning how to process that kind of stuff is important. And it's crazy how unprocessed trauma changes your life. Yeah. Like the decisions you make, the way you react, your yeah. triggers. You know, people want to know, um, why do you react to the situation yes. like that? Why yes. can't you make it to work? Why can't you make the right decisions? Yeah. Why are you why are so you broke? suffering from substance abuse? Right. Why are you using drugs? Yeah. And it's because, like you said, when a child is young, for example, um, I I lost my sibling when I was very young. Oh. Yeah, I was about nine. And I couldn't understand the the concept of someone just disappearing from your life one day forever. Yeah, yeah. Who was, you know, so like thinking back on it, I think that's why I'm such like an advocate now. Thinking back on it and seeing children lose their loved ones. And, you know, I I talk to some people and they say things like, oh, well, you know, she has me or he has me or Mm -hmm. the church or or Mm -hmm. anything like that. But and that's great. Like we need that support system. But there are certain things that you hold within yourself that you can't tell the person you love. Yeah. It would be better to go to someone who is a professional mm-hmm. and who could draw it out of you, like probe you to share what's deep inside. Yeah. Because maybe what's deep inside is it's my fault. Yeah. Or God is mad at me. Yes. Or, or you I'm know, mad at God. Or I'm mad at God. Yeah. Or who cares about life? You yeah. know? So, I remember feeling when when my first husband died, he um died from lung cancer. Um, I remember feeling so angry at God, so angry. And I couldn't bring myself to um, say that out loud. It just wasn't something I could say out loud. But when I was in therapy, I was able to process that and just be honest about that. Right. Honest with yourself. Honest with myself. I had to be honest with myself first and foremost. It Mm -hmm. was as if, I don't know, it was as if I felt like saying it out loud with God wouldn't know unless I said it out loud. Right. Like if he didn't know it when I was just thinking. Wow. We know God. <laughs> like if, as long as I don't say this out loud, God won't know I'm thinking it. Like, I don't yeah. know what in the world was going on. But, um, but yes, I was so hurt and I felt so betrayed and so um, disappointed, disappointed. Yeah. And um, and yeah, so being in therapy gave me a free space to say out loud that I was freaking upset. Yeah. and angry and, and let down and that kind of stuff. So yeah, sometimes we can't say that to our loved ones. And then, and, and it's just like you said too, like when your loved one's response is like, okay, yeah, you lost this person, but what about me? I'm here. That's not the person you want to get that you want to tell, like I'm missing this person. Right. Because then you don't want to offend them. Right. You don't want or them to. Or make them sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or make them feel like they're not enough. Right. You know, it's interesting. Like what mental wellness can do for your life. Yeah. And how, like, yeah. I know when I started going to therapy, my life came together. Like wow. in a beautiful way because wow. I started to understand myself. Did you think, okay, so prior to going to therapy, right? Prior to having your traumatic situation or any of that stuff, did you did you feel like your life was together already? Let me tell you. <laughs> so a certain aspect, yes, but there was like this this hurdle I couldn't cross. Yeah. No matter what I did, and you know, I, I did everything I could. You know, yeah. I went to church. I I I just did. Every, I I I believe in manifestation. I did everything that I could. Yeah. But um, even then, I wanted to go to therapy because I knew that the way that I was thinking of things and that the way that I was seeing time was just not right. Wow. There was something off. And a lot of people in my community was against it, meaning really? people around me. So some people would say, um, you don't need that. You're mm. good. Or really? don't look for an excuse. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, be careful with those people, mm. which... Be careful with any <laughs> any health like, institution you I walk into. Be you careful, have but, uh, to be, be careful. careful. Yeah, no, you have to be careful, especially <laughs> us. But um, but I wanted to go then. I knew there was something. I need that question again. Um, so the question is, did you think you had everything together before? So I knew that there was something missing. Yeah, I was healthy physically. Yeah, I was healthy spiritually. Mm-hmm. But there was something missing, and I never ever considered my mental state of being. Yeah, you just knew that something wasn't right, but you couldn't put your finger on it. Right, it's such a part of me that I never. It wasn't until I went to therapy that I realized, wow, your brain—if you don't take care of it—can get sick. Wow. And sometimes it can get so sick that you can't reverse it back to what it was, which is why understanding prevention and understanding how to take care of yourself is so important. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. I thought that um, the reason I asked that question and why I wanted you to um, expound on that a little bit is because 
um, a lot of times we are suffering and we're not aware. Right. right? So a lot of times there is um, depression and we're simply not aware. Right. There is anxiety and we're and simply we not know. aware. I had a family member who literally said, listen, I thought I was having a heart attack. Mm hmm. And was going to the hospital week after week, battling with this and struggling with heart palpitations, like sweating and going through it. Um, and then it turns out that it was an anxiety, anxiety issue. But um, but yeah, so that's why I wanted you to. Um, I wonder so. if that was my asthma problem because I was having asthma issues back to back where I couldn't breathe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I haven't had it. Yeah. In over a year. But um yeah. Um, in one of my blogs, which is um, labeled, I didn't know I was mentally ill. Yeah. Um, hi, Nettie. How are you? That's me and Pert's sister-in-law. Oh, hi. Share the videos. <laughs> you come on in. We're talking about mental health on the Throne Room Thoughts podcast. I thought it was normal to feel sad sometimes. Yeah. Or to get into this like, oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to be sad for like, I don't know how long. Or I thought it was normal to have these intrusive thoughts and to be fearful of like my family members. Where are they? You know, I thought that was normal. Yeah. I didn't think that. I didn't have to live that way. Yeah. So wow. going through what I went through, going to therapy and understanding like the triggers and understanding, okay, yeah, this is an anxiety situation and understanding, uh, cultivating the tools to kind of like, yeah, work calm that, that down, work through that, it. Yeah. My life is so much better because I what are just some thought, of the tools that you that you developed to be able to navigate. Tell them. you something. First of all, it's a preventative measure, so I yeah. eat better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I drink green. Okay. I add like kale and spinach to everything. To everything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those leafy greens are important. I made my husband a a, a spinach smoothie situation this mm -hmm. morning. Listen, I put in Do there it. um spinach, green apples, mm. pineapples, mm. um, pineapples and a splash of orange juice. You know what's so fun when you um Google foods that are um good for your brain. Pineapple is amazing. Spinach yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Banana. Put yeah, banana yeah. and everything. I, lo I love banana. Um salmon or fish um, yeah. oil. The omega three fatty acids, right? Take that every morning. Yeah. Um what else do I do? Um I cut sugar. Yeah. That is the most important thing you could do you can do for your life. Cut really? the sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So because I've been on keto since November, my sugar intake's been at an all time low. Awesome. The the place that I have sugar the most is my coffee. I'm sorry. I can, Me listen, too. I gotta have it in there. I gotta stop um, coffee though, but but I I'm not I'm not stopping coffee. <laughs> You're stopping because you to. don't want to feel anxious and not be able to sleep. Yeah. I'm not stopping because I need to be able to function. Um but sugar is like the only place I have um I'm, coffee is like the only place I have sugar, That's awesome. right? So I don't do the starch. I don't do the, the complex carbs and those kind of things. But then my energy is so low. Hmm. Do you sleep well? I don't know. Let me tell you, that's another thing about mental health, um, sleeping. Right. Let's like, talk about that for, for my husband who's watching. Oh, he don't sleep? No. Perth, let me tell you. <laughs> no. no, but honestly, um, so... Not nearly enough. Sleeping is restorative. You're restoring your physical self, but most importantly, you're restoring your your mental, mm -hmm. um, your brain. Mm -hmm. So a lot of illnesses, a lot of depression, anxiety, and all those other things happen because of a lack of sleep. Yeah. And if you, if you say, oh, no, but I go to sleep at 9 o'clock, but if you wake up at 12 and then you wake up at 3 yes. and then 5, your sleep is being disrupted. Yes. And what I noticed was when I cut the sugar out, my sleep cycle, I wake up 5 o'clock in the morning, I don't even want to wake up. Mm -hmm. But I wake up, I go to sleep, I get real tired around 10, mm. I pass out. No, no additives needed. And I wake up at five and I try to put myself back to sleep, but I'm just up. Yeah. And so that's the sleep cycle I'm supposed to be on. Yeah. So, you know, um, sleep is very important. Very important. I was yeah. about to add that, that, that yeah. I do that too. I, I make sure I get my Z's. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I try to make sure that it's not disrupted. Yeah. So. I think we underestimate the importance of proper rest and you know mm -hmm. again even in scripture um god stresses the importance of rest and stresses the importance of not doing everything in your own might and in your own power um our culture doesn't really make a lot of space for that I right oh you sleep when you're dead culture, yeah. and you know if you if you're not if you don't got a million things on your plate if you're not juggling a million balls in the air then you're not doing anything like that's right. the message that our culture and sends. it's wrong yeah it's wrong yeah 
It's not right. It's not Rest healthy. is important. It's not And healthy. busyness doesn't always equal productivity. Absolutely. Right? You could be juggling all the balls mm-hmm. and you could be on the scene and be everywhere and be on the gram or on in, in everyone's picture um, and all of these different things. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're being productive. Or if it's beneficial. Yeah. And that's the thing about Caribbean folks like that I had to like kind of lay down the lawn because it's like when I get my day of rest and someone's like, what are you doing today? It's like nothing. And that's like such a sin. Yeah. Like nothing. nothing. You have a house you can clean you can go grocery shop no nothing sometimes you just need to do nothing and recharge and recharge fully and be committed to that rest yeah Yeah. you know and understand i think if you understand it then it's easier to commit to it if you understand the importance of it just just the same way that you're explaining it now for your mental health and how the two are connected if you understand spiritually the importance of it um then i think it's easier to just be like i'm unapologetically doing nothing today. absolutely yeah and let me tell you something about what i've told you about mental health in terms of diet sleep and other things um it also affects your heart Yes. And your guts is yes. all connected. Yes. So if you eat well for your mental health, your body falls into your place as well as your life. Yeah. <laughs> as well as your life. You could get your life if you get some rest. So anxiety, <laughs> though, to combat when anxiety is coming on. Yeah. Um, walking meditation is really good. Okay. Uh, painting is amazing. Okay. If you're not an artist, it doesn't matter. Just buy yourself some canvas, some brushes, some paint. And you will disappear into it. It will calm you down. It wow. will stop the thoughts. Um, what else? Um, breathing, meditation, um, actually is scientifically proven to change the, I guess, patterns of your brain. Yeah. From that kind of mindset, because it's really a mindset. Yeah. It's really your brain protecting you. Yeah. That's what it is. What is All it protecting is you from? Danger, perceived danger. That's perceived not really there. Danger. Yeah perceived danger yeah. important to note that it's the perception of the danger Absolutely. wow and it's yeah. everywhere to the brain yeah and that's post-traumatic stress disorder that's what it is it's yeah. danger like oh my goodness i have to protect my kids and we are a culture raised by post-traumatic um people yes so that is a whole from slavery also it's it's which is why i coined something called um the survival culture Mm. And there's an aspect of our culture that's all about survival you that to, we don't you really need to need like anymore. trademark that or copyright that. Erase it. Because then people are going <laughs> to start saying it and you're going to be like, that's my word. How dare you? I mean, they can say, I, I want people to be aware of it. Yeah. Because they're the way we, some of us raise our kids and the way some of us eat yeah. and the way some of us react to things, that's all survival handed down yeah. generation especially to generation. Especially where generation. eating is concerned, especially if you grew up with, um, you know, with less than mm-hmm. um, your eating it is going to probably not be so and let me tell you that less than has been also even if our our parents had um prosperity the fact is that that mindset was inherited it's still passed down right yeah it's still look at the native americans right for them survival was to migrate from place to place to place to place so they ate a certain way and so now that then there's no more migration there's an obesity problem because they're still eating the same way, but their yeah. lifestyle has changed. Yeah, and that's they're something that we now right. So we around. need to we need to take a look at how our lives have changed now from what our ancestors, the way they were living. Yeah, and we need to change it accordingly. But it's really sucky though because our culture makes it so easy to eat poorly, and so challenging yeah. to eat well. I think it's it's certainly Society. easier. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's it's certainly easier now than it has been in the past. There's and then when you look in our communities. Oh my gosh! Right. I have to I have to literally travel to get some really good products exactly. for for exactly. my consumption. Yeah, so it's not easy. It's not. Yeah, and then and when some... you cut sugar and you go to the store and you're looking at the chips or the pasta sauce mm-hmm. or anything else mm-hmm. and you see the amount of sugar it has mm-hmm. in that sugar, sodium, calories, all that, all of that bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm extremely particular about that kind of stuff. Extremely particular about the way I feed my family. Um, just because your diet is just so important. Mm-hmm. In my experience, what you eat and how you prepare your food is just so important. As much as I, you know, I grew up in, you know, on my little fast food here and there. And on the weekends, my stepdad always did the pizza or the McDonald's or the, you know, that kind of thing. And that was a treat. Like, we waited yeah. all week for that, you know, fast food. Um, but I'm very, very particular when it comes to feeding that kind of stuff to to my family. Yeah. I and nowadays, the, you have to even look at the seasoning you have in your cabinet. I know. Yeah. It's really difficult. It is difficult. Yeah. I guess maybe as long as you can get your smoothies in, right? Get your greens. <laughs> <in. laughs> 
get your green juice in. I don't know. Well, you know what? When I was misdiagnosed, um, I'm I'm a really like obsessive kind of a person. So when I get inf- like when I'm looking for information, I go in <laughs> and I figured out the diet and um, I realized I couldn't really eat anything in the store. So everything had to be made at home. Mm. Um, but it was easy because all I needed was some green, like I cut out meat and everything. And let me tell you, I've never been so productive, no sick- <laughs> so clear minded, and so energetic. <clears throat> yeah. And like breathe down. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it, it all starts here, guys. Yeah. It really does. Once yeah. you get this together, everything, your body comes together. Like, if, you, if you're wondering why you can't lose weight, or you know what I'm saying? That yeah. usually has something to do with up here. That's yeah. something to the do with... The mindset has to be right. Right. Yeah. You have to confront something. Yeah. So... And it has, to, it has to start with the mind. It does. Yeah. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his mind, so is he. So it's like if once you can get the mind together and once you can get the mind in tune, then everything else can flow. Right. Yeah. So let's talk. Can we talk a little bit about um, religion and mental health? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. um, Because I love how you're just picking up these scriptures. And I think it's so important um, to acknowledge that if someone has diabetes or cancer and you hear about that, we'll pray over it. But we'll also tell you to... Go to the doctor. Yeah. Take the medication that you need to take. If, if you're feeling unwell, first get diagnosed, right? Yeah. And then do what you got to do. But once it comes to mental health, for some reason, it's just that you're not positive enough. You don't trust in God. Yeah. And we, you have to pray harder. Yeah. And it's just so much more. I mean, it's, it has to be, yeah. it's so strange, but you do have to say, okay, maybe you need to see someone. Maybe you need to get Straight evaluated. Up. Straight up. Um, diagnosed. We'll wait. Because yeah. we have to, yeah. uh, you know, unless you're suicidal. Of course. Or you're seeing things that are yeah, scary, yeah. then let's just jump over that. Yeah. Let's just That's jump into... That's a 911 into, situation. Yeah. And <clears throat> some, some, sometimes it, it is that deep, yes. right? Yes. Um, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> um, and then, you know, take the appropriate steps to help you heal or, or just gra- get a grasp on your life, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but... I'm sorry. It's just what you said about homicidal that kind of took me away. Yeah. Because you know what's crazy, guys? You all, not all of you, but a lot of you have an aunt that's a little funny. Or an (laughs) uncle, you know what I'm saying? Or crazy uncle so-and-so. Or a cousin that's been acting weird lately. And sometimes, you know, when you catch it, that first time you notice something is is off. If you catch it early enough, there could be so much. You could... It could be so much helpful. There can be a, a lot more of a positive yeah, dialogue influence yeah. on that person's life like than to wait until they do something crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Wait until yeah, they because we see it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. We we see it on the news all the time. This person attacked that person or this person, you know, jumped off of this or attempted to do that. And it's just like were there really no signs of this? Mm-hmm. What was it like? Ah, oh, that's just them being them. That's just them being who right. you've known them to be. Versus like, listen, we gotta really get a handle on this. So we gotta take some sort of serious intervention yeah. for the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you regarding um, religion and spirituality and mental health. What has been your um, your experience? Oh my, okay. So <laughs> I'm just say this is the Throne Room Thoughts podcast. Well, I have to say. Um, when um, hmm, hmm. I haven't, I haven't really found a place, honestly, yeah. where um, mental health or the subject itself was accepted for what it is, mm. which is an ailment. Yeah. Just plain and simple. It's always on a spiritual level, of course, like everything else. But like I everything. think more so than a physical illness. Mm-hmm. You know. So I've heard. Throughout my travels, and I've been to many different churches, I've heard different things, and I've heard, um, you know, it's it's not bipolar, it's mm-hmm. a demon. Mm-hmm. Or I've heard, um, you know, uh, if you're going to kill yourself. I've, I've heard horrible, just misinformed things mm-hmm. that I don't really want to get into. But yeah, I, yeah, think yeah, that, I, I think that um, the, the church, for the most part, and I'm talking about all around. As a body, yeah. As a body needs to educate themselves more on what yeah. mental illnesses are, what mental yeah. health is. I know, like, when I see someone who's schizophrenic and they're talking to themselves and then they curse me out, mm-hmm. it does look demonic. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just a misunderstanding of what the brain is. Yeah. 
yeah. and and how powerful the brain is in your life. Yeah, so powerful and so um delicate at the same right. time. At it's, the same time, and for that to become sick, yeah, it's frightening. It's frightening because it's like, what yeah, kind of information do we have about reversing that? Can yes. we reverse it? Yes. Um, it can get better. You know, if there's support, there yes. needs to be support. A lot of these sick people have no support. No support. Um, That's so true. So isolated. So there's isolated. Such a, it's, it's such an isolated population. It is. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I was diagnosed, I was looking for support and I really couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. I was afraid to approach like family. I was afraid to approach people in my church because of just the mixed messages. I've never heard anything positive yeah. from anyone. Wow. Um, and then I went online looking for something and that's why I started my blog because it's like I needed someone to tell me it was going to be okay. Right. You and know? that you can get past this. Right. It won't always be it like this. It wasn't easy. I could not. Yeah. It was hard to find something like that. And that's, you know, that's like, that's disheartening because I think the the biggest hurdles that we have to get over when we're going through a situation is that feeling of hopelessness. Yeah. Um, I think once you can restore hope to somebody when they're going through a trial or going through a challenge or a bad season in their life, then you can um, open the gates to other interventions. And that's why God is so important. Yes. In my travels through like my journey through this, I've met people who are existing without God mm. or don't, does not think God exists, let's yeah. say, because yeah. God is there. <laughs> God is there. Um, yeah. And they are in such a dark, scary Jesus. place. Yeah. No hope. No hope. No hope. So, yeah, um, it's a religious saying that I love. Um, a man without faith is a man who is insane. Yeah. And I think wow. that's from... Uh, is what is it called? Uh, Arabs. Oh. I don't want to say Muslims. There's oh. there's an actual term for them. Like oh, we're Christians wow. there. I don't know what that uh, is. Islam? Islamic? Islamic, yeah. Okay. But I love that saying because it's true. <laughs> a man without faith is a man who is insane. That's true because I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. I've seen it. Like when you have nothing, when even in AA meetings, right? Yeah. I had to... Um, I had to go. Why were you one. in an AA? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Why were you in an Let AA me explain meeting? Myself. Not for nothing. I actually went to an AA meeting myself when I was in Grad school, getting my right? master's. Yeah, absolutely. We, we so had an assignment to... where we had to go. I'm like, why? Yes. I, I went meeting? to an AA meeting for my grad course. <laughs> And one thing that's important in the AA meeting is an acknowledgement of God and that he's there to help you. Yeah. So this atheist got up and he said, you know, I don't even believe in God, but I know something's there. Yes. And I was yes. like, now this is good work. Yeah. This is letting yeah. people know that God yeah. is. Yeah. And getting and them big, at least to the point. Relinquish that. A big part of the AA right. thing is like you relinquish that to, to God and relinquish right. those, those parts of yourself that you are um, contending with and trying so hard to control and manipulate, you got to give that up. You right. got to give that up. Right. You know? So, um, spirituality, God is yeah. very important in this journey because yeah. let me tell you, if I didn't grow up as a Christian, yeah. if I didn't have God in my life from a very young age, yeah. because you know, we had to experience that. So I was prepared. If I didn't have all of that, I would have been far worse than really? I was. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Maybe it would have been the diagnosis they gave me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah. And so I think exactly what you're saying is is on point. Um, I think the church as a body, as well as society at large, need to be better educated mm -hmm. and better um, aware of mental illness, how it looks, how it manifests itself, and how to approach it. Right. Um, and prevention. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Yeah. In my um, grad school courses, I noticed a lot of Seventh-day Adventist folks are going in to get their mental um, health counseling yeah. degrees. Like I mean, I think it's like only that. right. The church, you know, it irritates me a little bit because a lot of times the church is um, on the tail end of a lot of issues. And in reality, the church should be at the forefront, forefront. of these issues and have all of the necessary things Resources. in place absolutely. absolutely to deal with it. Because you're getting hurt people. Yeah. Hurt people yes. are coming in seeking yes. answers. And sometimes... You know, if you like, I said, like there's there are all there's always some doctor in the church, right? <laughs> you always got doctors in the church or nurses who could tell you, yeah, okay, this is what it looks yeah. like. We're gonna get some more information yeah. for you. But mental health counselors yeah. or therapists or psychologists in the church, and I just read to you that we don't have a lot of um, black people in mm -hmm. on, in those professions. It's very mm -hmm. low compared. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, but if we have more of those folks in the church, yeah. 
could be so helpful, so beneficial. And so we, beneficial. we should have that. We should have a, a ministry to yeah. men, mental health. To minister something. to that particular. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. The church absolutely needs to be on the Because my message is don't be afraid. And that's from the Bible. Yeah. But I'm always telling absolutely. people, don't be afraid. There's, you don't have to be afraid. Yes. Don't, and that's, there are a lot of people out there secretly afraid yeah. of the way that they're thinking, of how they're feeling, yeah. of what they're seeing or what they're hearing they're yeah. afraid oh and especially in our in our city um where in in our minds you hear mental illness or you and you in in your mind you think it's the the poor person or the bum the bum that, on the street mm-hmm. that's talking, talking to, to themselves, themselves and yelling at themselves and smelly and, and these that is more for the most part mental illness that has never been treated yeah right that has exactly. never been prevented yes um and you know what actually that's what <laughs> I was so, story here, I was so afraid of the misdiagnosis. I'm going to call it what it is. It wasn't yeah. right. Yeah. Um, that I called the hotline. And one of the things I said is like, I'm black. I don't know anything about this. Oh, and, my gosh. <laughs> Lord Jesus. And, and no one's going to understand. And what I do know about it is the people I see in the street who talks to themselves and yeah. do crazy things. And those and are the think, people with mental illness. Not me. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So yeah. it was, I was really there. I, yeah. I had no clue yeah. what to do, how to feel. I felt so ashamed for even going to therapy. I was oh. like, Look, I went to therapy and now I have more of a problem than I thought I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it got better. Yes, it got better. I was patient. You see, the thing is patience because I understand the system. Yeah. And the system doesn't, it's not always beneficial to us. I've been abused by the health system before. So I was patient. I was like, let me not jump on no drugs or anything like that because I'm not sure if they're right. And I did my research and I'm like, I I don't think this even looks right. Um, So I was patient, changed my lifestyle um, cut back on TV and yeah. social media. Because you absolutely have to guard your mind. You have right. to guard your spirit. Um, although there's a lot of things on TV, the guilty pleasures that we enjoy, it's not always good for your spirit. No, it's, it's not, not always good for your mental state, the mm-hmm. kind of conflict that you see on some of these shows and the kind of poor behavior and the yeah. poor interactions and the poor ways they speak to one another on these shows. Right. So you absolutely do have to, like you said, watch what you listen to, watch what, you, what you're seeing on TV. Stop and- trolling. On social media. Oh shoot! You been <laughs> shady today, honey. <laughs> and what? stop. Hey, oh, and stop. Um, having like confront the negative feelings you have towards others in your life. Wow. And stop gossiping. Yeah. Stop. Do you always have to confront it with the person, or or sometimes no, can with you yourself, resolve it? Yeah, with yourself. With yourself. When yeah. you look at something and and it makes you feel a certain yeah, way, ask yourself, why do why I feel you this way? Yes. What are they doing that I'm not doing, or what do, are they doing that I disapprove of, and what yes. does that have to do with me? What is, yes, yes. Because we I all do that, and we all have. I mean, absolutely. It starts. I always say it starts with self. Right. It starts with self. Check yourself. Why am I having these thoughts? Right. Why am I having this reaction? Why are right. these feelings coming up? Where for is me? this coming from? And that's why sometimes talking therapy is beneficial because it actually heals people. Yeah. Sharing your story yeah. is the oldest medicine yeah. in the world. The Bible says we shall yes. overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony hey just saying so yes sharing your story is absolutely therapy yeah absolutely yeah. so and it actually changes the pattern of your brain and that's the problem yeah. these negative self-talks and everything you you're going through is is something with your brain it's the pattern of your brain that developed from trauma or yeah. experiences that you're trying to survive from yeah so they say you, trauma actually literally rewires your absolutely brain. but you could rewire it back by yes. speaking about it yes. and and being intentional about healing and being positive and yeah. and changing your behavior yeah it's magical. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> no, that is that is interesting. That it, it just takes talking. Sometimes it's, it it has nothing to do with medication. And you know, they'll push that we're, we're living in a pharmaceutical yeah. um culture right now where yeah. you know, where medicine is being pushed on us, but sometimes you don't need medicine. You yeah. just need to talk about it and change the way you eat and sleep more. Yeah. Your treatment needs to be tailored to who you are and what your situation is. Absolutely. They, we live in a in a in like you said a westernized culture where it's like you get these blanket um diagnoses and these blanket treatments. Mm-hmm. It's not tailored with you in mind. Right. Whereas if you can just if they can just tailor your treatment to to you and who you are, um then 
you can figure out is medication necessary right can we try some alternative measures are there some other um you know things i can be doing in the meantime that can that can possibly help and like i said if you're suicidal if you see things that are scaring you if you're hearing things that are telling you to do to do something that you shouldn't be doing then jump on that medication yeah yeah, just and definitely get to that. Get to the doctor. Get to the hospital immediately. Right, immediately. immediately. And yeah. don't worry. Just take it one day at a time. Don't be afraid. You might have to use medication. You yeah. might not have to use it for the rest of your life. Yeah. But until you figure out what's wrong and stabilize yourself, yeah. then you can make more decisions. More informed but decisions. But remember, your brain will tell you you are okay, and everybody else is crazy. Right. Because wow. your brain is powerful. Very, very powerful. I think the the message that we want to <clears throat> wrap up with is that there is hope absolutely the the hopeless i cannot stress enough how detrimental hopelessness is to your spirit to your psyche the idea that no one understands you that no one gets it that you can't share with anyone because you don't know how they're going to look at you how they're going to judge you um there is absolutely hope absolutely yes there are other people out there who knows exactly what you're going through it will be better you just have to take the steps. You have to have the courage. You have to have the strength to make the changes necessary in your life. Yeah. And you have to sacrifice. You have to make changes. You have to make some lifestyle changes. And you have to be courageous. But there is hope. There is hope. Tomorrow will be better. Absolutely. Do not be afraid. Absolutely. Fear not. Fear not. So we are going to wrap up the podcast with our final segment, which is a segment called What I'm Listening To Now. <laughs> and I'm and, finding it. <laughs> yes. And Andrea is looking it up. She has a song she's listening to that's been really um, uplifting her mm-hmm. and speaking to her spirit. Tell us what that song is, Andrea. The song is We Are Love by George Leslie featuring Kenny Allen. I love that song. Yes. And what is We Are Love about? I don't know. I, I feel it's very like he doesn't use God's name. Yeah. But I know it's about God. Yeah. I know it's about our true state of being, which is love. Yeah. And I know and it's t- just it talks about being grateful for yeah. God's love and our love. And that's Absolutely. what we need to like focus God on. God is love. After God all. is love. Yes. Wonderful. Um, We shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. As I say every week on the Throne Room Thoughts podcast, continue to send your testimonies, continue to send your prayer requests. I will continue to keep everyone in prayer and, of course, respond within a timely manner with a prayer that is specific for you and for your loved ones and for your situation. I truly am always honored to receive your prayer requests. I always go before God on your behalf um, and think about how I should be responding to you guys when you send your prayer requests. So continue to do so and know that there is someone in your corner who is keeping you in prayer and going to God on your behalf. Also, the King David Bible study, Lessons from the Life of King David, is um, getting ready to be in full swing starting Monday, May 13th. You can subscribe to the Throne Room Thoughts website, www.throneroomthoughts.com, in order to join the free Bible study. When you subscribe to the website, I will make sure you get all the study material that you need. I'm going to do that. You I'm to, excited about that. Bro, you need to get on it. Honey. And I just want to thank you for having this platform. I think it's an thank amazing platform. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. And thank you to my wonderful husband who thought I should be doing this at all. This is way uh, beyond so my flat. comfort zone. <laughs> But I enjoy, I love my podcast. My podcast is the best thing ever. Um, So yes, you are very welcome. And thank you for coming on. And do not be a stranger, honey. I won't. Okay. I love what I hear on here. Sounds (laughs) good. Okay, guys. Take care. We share the same blood. the same blood. As we stand here together to feel the power of love. To reach our destiny Overcome these differences Rejoin this family Until next time, be bold, be powerful, and be victorious. Stay connected at throneroomthoughts at gmail.com So long, never thought we could come this far